0: Worker of yours.
1: Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Tires. Tires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab Tires. Schwab. Why can't it's like you vive, say tires? Vive Cluco It's the same. Just thing. say tires. Uh, wh- where do we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952.
0: Three, two, one, go. I've got a blowout. Three, five, call. can't hold it. She's breaking up. She's breaking up. Luke Anderson, astronaut. A man barely interesting. I also uh, went to a school dance with a girl that watched Titanic,
1: I think, 17 times in the theater. It was a different time back then. Will Darkens, hot air balloon attendant, frightened by technology. There's HBO hot where it's like you watch it and you're like, wow, she's dangerous. I'm into that. We
0: have the capability to build the 33rd best radio show in Portland on Saturdays about
1: sports. The sinner and the saint will be that show Better than they were before Funnier Sportsier More Labradoodles On
0: 1080 The Fan Well definitely funnier And you know definitely sportsier Labradoodles though Not a fan well, we have yet to get a Labradoodle guest on the show, which I'm kind of disappointed by because we promise it every second hour. Yeah, that's in false advertising. So we should get... You guys get, should get some Labradoodles. We should get a Labradoodle immediately, in they're, Or they're just like an, cute. an official, you know, mascot for Sinner and the Saint will be the Labradoodle. That's cute. Oh Yeah, that's cute. Um, That's hot. <laughs> so the NFL uh, is apparently... Um, a little squeamish on handing out big money. Who knew? Uh, but one of the guys that's kind of asking for it, I, I I would say you would you should give it to him because I think he's the pretty much the LeBron James of the NFL, Ooh. and that is one. Mr. A. a. Ron Rogers.
1: Now, the whole talk of this guaranteed contract thing comes up because essentially Kirk Cousins got a guaranteed contract from the Minnesota Vikings this yes. offseason. And so now uh, we're looking at a time where Aaron Rodgers, I think right now, is the 10th highest paid per year NFL quarterback. And obviously he's the best quarterback in the NFL. I don't care that Matt Ryan's getting paid a ridiculous amount of money, something like mm-hmm. a hundred and something million dollars. But now we're talking about the idea of possibly giving him a guaranteed contract where he's going to have an option at the end of five years, which it would mean at 38 years old, he would have an option to extend the amount of money he's making. I, I don't know. I'm I'm conflicted with NFL guaranteed contracts because I feel like owners treat players as tools and they know the shelf life of these tools is two to three years and they know that if they guarantee you money for anywhere past that, it's a loss on your investment. I get that. But these dudes are also putting their lives on the line for you and creating your product.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially if that guy is Aaron Rodgers. Like I think Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins uh could be considered amongst NFL fans as man, two of the guys that are really helping build the brand. But overall, if you ask just like the fringe fan, like who Matt Ryan is. If he walked past you in a crowd, you, you probably know he was an athlete because he's six four. But I don't know if m- most regular people would know he was like Aaron Rodgers is on State Farm commercials. Aaron Rodgers dated Olivia Munn. You know, like he's like almost a a celebrity outside of sports. You know what I mean? So, and on top of that, when he's on the field, man, who's better, Aaron Rodgers or Matt Ryan? Oh, definitely Aaron Rodgers. He's the one that yeah. means the most to his you team. You know, and exactly. Like, without without him, uh, that team with Brett Hundley and who was the other quarterback that stepped in this year, doesn't it doesn't matter. We don't even need to remember <laughs> Bre- his name. Brett Hundley and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that guy. So that's how important Aaron Rodgers is. He's the Hail Mary God. As long as he's on the field, you have an opportunity to win. We've seen him do it so many times. We've seen him almost in the NFC Championship... Really come from behind, almost beat the Seahawks and man, end up in the Super Bowl. But it you know, wasn't for
1: an onside kick. Wasn't for an onside kick. That,
0: there you go. You know, so if there's anybody who I think demands guaranteed money, it's it would be Aaron Rodgers. The other dude I would say could definitely uh, you can make a great argument for him getting guaranteed money is Russell Wilson. Yeah, that one's interesting
1: to me, too, because he's in the same type of situation that Aaron Rodgers is in right now, right? I mean, he's going to pretty much carry the team here. You you had the excuse to not pay Russell Wilson as much before because you go, oh, well, the defense carried you, right? The defense essentially carried you to your first Super Bowl win in franchise history. I, you know, okay, argue cool. with me what you want. I think that's kind of what the case was. Uh, But now you have this Legion of Boom kind of deteriorating, and you have a team that looks like they're about to do some retooling and some blow-upping, and, uh, you know, you think about that, and that's a good point, that if the Seahawks continue on this trajectory where they're really not winning too many games, either that or they're barely sneaking into the playoffs here for the next five years, is Russell Wilson the next guy who's going to get guaranteed money?
0: I I think he, if you look at the landscape and you look at, just just look at that NFC, you know, let's stay close to home. Just look at the NFC West. Right now, Uh, currently, the quarterbacks in that division, oh my God, top to bottom, it's probably the best division as far as quarterbacks are concerned. As far as defenses are concerned, it's on the rise to be, that's what it used to be. NFC West was all about the great defenses. Legion of Boom, the Cardinals had that great defense. The 49ers, for a long time, had that great defense. The Rams, you knew that's the one thing that Jeff Fisher, for whatever reason, was able to put together. As much of an offensive mind as he was supposed to be, like the defense was always the one that kind of ended up shining just a little bit. But now, also a
1: mustache genius.
0: But now you look and it's, man, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco, Russell Wilson in Seattle, uh, Jared Goff in, uh, in L.A., and now you have... Uh, um, Josh Rosen in Arizona, like yeah. holy hell, like that group of quarterbacks is great. But of all those guys, Russell Wilson's the one that has the least amount of support. Offensively, this that Seahawks team is not good. Well, let me let me say this too.
1: I think that one of the guys who who could challenge that assertion, right, is that you're saying that he's the guy with the least help, dude. Jimmy Garoppolo last year in the fa- uh, last five games of the season. I'm a huge Jimmy G fan now. Like I'm looking for that dude to hit I'm a, a Patriots Pro Bowl,
0: fan. I'm a Patriots fan. And we were all Jimmy G fans. Like yes. you knew you saw when he when you saw him play in those three games before he got hurt. Uh you that knew release that you had something. Is insane. It's crazy. And and he's six foot five and he looks like, you know, what I'm saying a, a a banana republic model. You know, he's a <laughs> like Jimmy Garoppolo is he's got going a good to face. be the star. He's got a great face and he's going to be the star. He's got a quarterback face. And he's gonna be, be the star for the next um few years but other than that man there I'm not giving any running back guaranteed money uh very few receivers get guaranteed money I think Odell Beckham and maybe Julio or, or uh, Antonio Brown were the <laughs> only dudes I would ever give guaranteed money to and even then it wouldn't be for a long period of time
1: well you also have to think about possibly even having tackles get some guaranteed money like somebody like Joe Thomas I mean if you retro if you retroactively look at it Joe Thomas could have easily gotten guaranteed money because the guy was the strong man in the NFL for like 10, 12, 13 years, however long he played. Uh, it's an interesting concept to look at because even quarterbacks, in my opinion, have a higher likelihood of getting hurt than a left tackle does. Yes. I mean, I'd rather spend way more money on a left tackle than I would a quarterback on the NFL level. I mean, don't give me somebody like Mark Sanchez or Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, you're basically putting my hands behind my back. But if you give me an average quarterback, say somebody like kurt cousins which by the way he's average he's just getting paid a lot but if you give me Kirk cousins and then you give me a guy who i can guarantee money at left tackle that he's not going to get hurt yeah dude
0: i'll put the money over there well even if you if you know you kind of mentioned uh butt fumble like if you remember before he was butt fumble man they made it all the way to the afc championship oh yeah you know mark sanchez was a really good quarterback for man two whole years in the nfl before things completely fell off in uh in new york but you look at that offensive line that he had at that point; it was there to protect him, and that's exactly what they did. That's why they were so good. You know, you look at all those teams that are that are able to do well. How good um, the running backs for the Cowboys have been over the past three, three, four years. Well, they've had three different running backs, and all of them have had over a thousand yards. Cor- it's, well, not Corey was, was, was his is uh, Demarco uh, Murray. Uh, Demarco Murray, you know, was able to put up. Uh, over a thousand yards, yeah. and, and well, and then have you got a great Zeke season. too, which honestly, I, I'm not too sold on
1: the idea that Zeke Elliott is pushing a lot of that weight around there. I mean, I understand that it's Zeke the, Elliott's really talented, but that offensive line is what carries him over.
0: Oh no, the fact that it, Zeke is incredibly talented and he's a, a physical specimen uh, is what helps him in the open field. But that man, he doesn't get that burst if. That offensive line doesn't completely open things up like the red sea every single time that he decides to run the ball. That's why the Cowboys were so effective, not having him for what was it, eight games, six eight six to eight games this past year really hurt them. But I think if they have him on the field along with those that offensive line, man, there's there's no stopping it. But would
1: you would you give guaranteed money to Zeke Elliott? No, I'm not. Running... I, don't,
0: I'm, I can't give guaranteed money to any running back.
1: Okay, what if I'm going back in history here? Think about. Every running back, I don't want to say every running back ever, but think about all the greatest NFL running backs. Somebody say, like Emmett Smith. Do you think Emmett Smith was somebody who deserved guaranteed money? Or do you think that it's just
0: like the running back position is such a sh- small shelf life that it really doesn't matter? I mean, Emmitt Smith had a long career, but again, un- behind one of the greatest offensive lines that you will ever find in history. You know what I mean? Like so, and some great quarterbacks. It's almost kind of like if you give the running back guaranteed money, you almost have to give it to the offensive line as well. Yeah, just because Max Unger, phenomenal example. You know, you lose Max Unger in uh, Seattle, all of a sudden you can't run the ball anymore. You've had multiple running backs get drafted and come in as free agents, and for whatever reason, they can't figure out how to run the ball. You know, they've never been able to establish stability again for the offensive line in Seattle because they lost that key cog. Jeff Saturday, you know, the minute he left uh, the Colts, things were different. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh you look at uh, the, the the Patriots, Nate Solder. You know, the minute Nate Solder was traded, all of a sudden, now the Patriots don't know how to how to run a veer or you know how to do any any real good run or pass blocking. Like th- those things really really matter. So if you're gonna give the running back guaranteed money, I think you have to throw in some type of incentive for the offensive lineman as well. Um, all right, man, we got to go ahead and break. Uh, coming up next, man, the NFL. Uh, we we question their integrity, and right now, Will and I are gonna kind of well. And you, you'd like to bring up something that I think everybody has completely forgotten. Yeah, about. and actually, it's funny—we just got a text here on the on the Better You Today text line. Jameis is a headache, but gives the NFC's quarterbacks uh, all day. We're going to talk a little bit about Jameis Winston when we come back. Right here, Center and the Saint, 1080 the
1: fan. The incredibly diverse
0: Center and the Saint with the music choices. Did you come up with the music? Well,
1: this was actually a uh, Luke choice that I approved of, which I usually don't. Uh, Approve of Luke's choices of music, but... You mess with the Beastie Boys? I like the Beastie Boys a little bit. Beastie Boys are... They're, they're kind of a time capsule of hip-hop.
0: They're a hip-hop treasure, I, I believe, man. If you've never heard Paul Revere, uh, it's one of the, the dopest records uh, of all time. In my Bigger
1: opinion. influence on hip-hop and rap, Beastie Boys or Wu-Tang Clan? Wu-Tang Clan. Okay, thank you. Yeah. I'm glad because I had this huge argument with Wu about Klan.
0: that. Only because Wu Tang Clan gave you something that I don't think any group has ever given you, and that's an option. Uh, Wu Tang Clan gave you the option of, man, I want to be kind of rugged and hardcore, and for that you have Raekwon, and Ghostface. You know, for those who you know liked a little bit of, I guess, sex appeal, you know what I mean, or somebody who was a little cooler, you had Method Man. You know, for the for the kind of guy that was out there and just a little goofier and stuff like that, a little more fun. You had Old Dirty Bastard. If you wanted great production, you had RZA. Man, you had You God, who's You God. I don't really know any of any You God's <laughs> great songs, but yes, it's definitely Wu Tang. Well, uh,
1: well, dude, and it was twelve or is it nine or twelve it's, guys? It's nine. Nine dudes. In a rap group, right? And essentially, if you look at that, you go, okay, well, it's nine dudes in a rap group, so there's only a couple that are really good. Yeah, of course, RZA and Method Man are kind of the dudes you look at, and you go, okay, they're the most talented. But every single one of them were freaking amazing at rapping. Yeah, it wasn't like there was a weak link. It was like
0: everybody in that group was friggin' raw. Yeah, and Ghostface and Raekwon were probably among uh, the best of, of those guys. So, um, yes. But one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL – has uh, just found himself in more hot water. I guess he just kind of lives in hot water. I guess you know that's just kind of who that's, he is. But Jameis Winston. What James does. And I'm I'm sorry. So we didn't get a chance to talk about this on Sports Sunday uh, last week, at least. And I kind of wanted to, um, but there were so many other things happening. It was the 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 free agency had just opened, so there were so many things to talk about. We didn't get to it. But man, I feel bad about letting this go because. I I feel like, man, sexual assault, um, rape, any of those things, that's the lowest of the low to me. That's just me, like, and um, I feel like these things happen to women quite often, and we just kind of brush it under the rug, you know. As long as we don't see it or hear about it, it's all good. But Jameis Winston apparently was in an Uber, and so it was back in 2016. This is back in 2016, so it was a couple years ago, mind you. Jameis Winston, who's coming off of a a, a sexual assault uh, charge in the first place. Yeah, Florida
1: State University. Yeah, you know.
0: So this was two years ago. So I believe this is his rookie year, and um, apparently he groped an Uber driver. Now I wasn't there, so allegedly this happened, but he was given a three-game suspension, and I think all everybody kind of looked at that and said, like, what? Well, correct
1: me if I'm wrong. Isn't that the same amount of games Tom Brady was suspended for?
0: His balls? No, actually, uh Brady was given four games oh, for his balls. Right. So the NFL cared, and it's funny you bring that up. The NFL cared more about the deflating of NFL footballs during a game than they do about this woman's, I don't know, her safety, her how you know, whatever type of trauma. And I mean it, it, trauma. I'm not sure how she feels, but she's just we, we kind of forget you know, about that part. But as long as Jameis Winston gets to be back on the field, if you're a Buccaneers fan, I'm pretty sure you're okay with having your quarterback on the field for at least 13 games a season. But this is the same dude who's been in trouble a lot, and for whatever reason, we just keep giving him passes. But it's not just Jameis because I think I work, I work in high schools right now. right? I've also worked in on the middle school level and the elementary school level. And the one thing we do to athletes is we coddle them and we let them believe that they are above reproach that they're above listening to teachers, that they're above really doing any of the things that they need to do um, as students and as athletes. So Jameis, most of his life, has been told, man, how great you are. You're the yeah. best. You're the greatest. As a sophomore, you're winning state championships in, you know, in the state of Florida, so everyone knows who you are and everything. You've probably never been told no. And you look around the league, and this is kind of what it is. Remember a couple of years ago when the Peyton Manning story came out about him uh putting his private on one of the uh one of the trainers at Tennessee. And it was supposed to be all in good fun. Like good fun for who? But again, because he's paid Manning, because he has a legacy in Tennessee and Mississippi, man, we let it go. You know, it's brushed under the rug. Sorry about that, you know, young and dumb, but why do we keep allowing these things to happen? And then again, like you mentioned, Tom Brady suspended for four games for possibly, allegedly,
1: not even football. himself,
0: just involved in it. Just involved in it. Uh, guys get. To, I think Martavis Bryant missed the entire season for smoking weed. Uh, Josh Gordon missed an entire season for smoking weed. Like we talked about, Bountygate more than we talked about the situation with Jameis Winston. I think didn't Peyton get suspended for a year? Wasn't it? Wasn't a it year, Sean? Payton? Sean pa- yeah, yeah, wasn't yep. it a, a whole year? Sean Payton couldn't coach. So you're telling me that the integrity of the game is more important than integrity itself. Because there's no way that this happens to this young woman or any person for that matter, man or woman, and this dude only gets three games well, or anyone only gets three games. Well, it's, I think, it's ridiculous to I,
1: me. I think one of the things that's interesting about this whole case with Jameis Winston is that it kind of popped up and we spent one week talking about it, and that was it. And then the NFL did what they do, which is just hand out a punishment that really doesn't fit the crime, and then nobody talked about it anymore. But I totally agree with you. I think this is something that just got lost in the interim of NBA free agency, and I don't even know what else is going on in the NFL that could have possibly taken over this story. I mean, think about it from this point of view. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have touted Jameis Winston as their franchise guy, right? They're the guy they're going to hitch their wagon to, and they're going to say, this is the best chance that we have to be a relevant team again. That guy just... (laughs) Just was just proven to have sexually assaulted an Uber driver, and it's three games out. That's it. By the way, Jameis Winston technically still has a job with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Anybody else, anyone else in the league, you're fired. This was the same thing with Greg Hardy, right? Greg yeah. Hardy was suspended, ultimately was off of the Carolina Panthers and then went to the Dallas Cowboys, which you know that's Jerry. Jerry will do what Jerry does over in Jerry world. But the fact of the matter is, Jameis Winston is still employed, and this is going on. It's going on, and that's again, not
0: a good sign. As as long as we're not hearing about it right now, then it doesn't really happen. You sure. know the news cycle, and I guess us as a people, you know, we, we we take in so much information every day via social media or whatever or watching TV mm-hmm. that that we're we just you know we've. We've forgotten, you know, so you we think have,
1: it's more of a matter that there's so much content that that just is something that can wash over it's us.
0: what it's just not as important today, unfortunately. And you know, that really sucks because this is something that needs to be to have some light shed on it. Uh, when you're talking about, and I have, I'm someone that has a, I have an 11 year old sister, you know, I was raised single parent household by my mom, so you know, I have a, have a very much a, a love and respect for. For women or anybody that's in any type of domestic type of you know situation, so this type of thing like is, is is not cool. Three games, it shows that the NFL is really just about man. As long as it doesn't affect the overall product on the field, like sure, we as long don't as care. we're getting
1: paid, we yeah, as long really as we're care. getting paid, yeah.
0: then we don't care anything about the product on the field, which is which is really sad. But guess what? Nobody's gonna boycott the NFL. They're going to make. They're gonna continue to make money. You know, despite things like Hulu and Apple TV and all those things, because really those are the reasons people aren't watching. People well, can say all you want to. It's the, oh, it's, it's the protest, it's the reason that I'm not, that has nothing to do with it. Because name, name the players that protested last year. Who are they? We don't know. I don't know. It wasn't the Eagles. It, it, exactly. It wasn't the Eagles. But yet and still, you know, that, that, that's what people think. So I can't even tell you who protested last year. But so that's not the reason people aren't watching. Here's another interesting
1: thing to think about. You remember when Michael Vick got um, got uh, Sent to jail for dogfight yeah, for dogfight. You remember when he got into the media and basically uh, he was going to court cases with uh, PETA supporters holding up posters saying that you're a dog killer, you're an animal killer. And there was complete friggin outrage. You had people who said, I'm going to turn off games. I'm not going to watch this guy anymore. Fast forward to now, right? People are kneeling during the national anthem. I'm not going to watch games anymore. Jameis Winston has sexually assaulted now, at least that we can suspect two Two women. Nah, I don't care. I'll still watch games.
0: I'll go buy a jersey. It
1: baffles me how NFL fans pick and choose what's a priority to them in terms of watching a game. That certain things that players do, which are outside of their own control and really doesn't affect the quality of their play, that's what they care about. But then when a guy is assaulting women and basically becoming a terrible role model for kids... Yeah. No, that's that's okay. Yeah. Uh, Let's just
0: suspend him three games. We got a, a couple texts here on the text line before we get out of here. Out on the Better better You Today text line, excuse me. Um, the hypocrisy is that Jameis Whiston had been sexually assaulted by a random guy in a nightclub. Uh, could you imagine the uproar and outcry in the Tampa fans? Absolutely. If somebody had touched Jameis or something, oh, my God, this is not fair. All Why right. would someone do that? But, you know, that's just the what. That's the hypocrisy of you know, America right now. Uh, this is the same season as the Colts Patriots playoff game, which Brady got in trouble. Yeah, that's 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 when when that happened. And you know, and mind you, let's not mention Jim Irsay, the pill popping, you know, owner of the team, dude you know? who's
1: uh, dude who's posting uh, pictures of women with their beavers out yeah, on
0: Twitter. Just saying, but that's all good too. Again, integrity <laughs> of the game. Way more important than integrity itself.
1: Well, almost. Jim Ursay is kind of like a uh, a punching bag at this point. You know what I mean? Like oh, like Jim Irsay is just like the punchline to any a uh, uh,
0: uh, major sports owner joke. Yeah, it's like knock knock, <laughs> who's there? Jim Irsay. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, uh, coming up next, uh, news. News. Sweet. I like the speed. Go ahead and bust a freestyle. Boy. Uh. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Good luck, dude. Huh? Yeah, man. It's Company Flow. I like it. I like it. Who is this? Who is this? Company Flow. Who? No, I'm not sure who they are. Uh, who is the guy um,
1: from um, Run uh, Run the Jewels? Uh, White guy and Run the Jewels. This was the first
0: rap group that he started. Oh, I don't know. Who I'm Run not the giving the you much are. information, am I? Uh, two chains. <laughs> who knows? I don't really like two chains that much, but you know, it is what it is. But who I do like are the Portland Trailblazers. And this Do is you? A, do you really? I do. I and that's why I think I get so frustrated. And I think that's why we as the collective get so frustrated, because we don't like our team. We love our team here. You know, you, you we wanna see them do well. I think I would I would take a pay cut for maybe a year and a half, 2 years major pay cut if it meant i got to celebrate a blazer championship. Hmm. I think now, that i think that day would be okay. Awesome.
1: Now you had a great what if during one of the breaks today. You said would you as the Trail Blazers put out a max 2-year deal of 200 million dollars for LeBron James, but at the end of it know that every single player on that team will be replaced and you will become a a D version of the Orlando Magic. Sold. Really? Absolutely. Two years. Because guess
0: what? I remember I used to go to these Blazer games all the time when they were considered the Jail Blazers and there would be nowhere... I can sit anywhere in the Rose Garden at that time. Go down there man. literally sit man three rows behind the team because there was... No one there. So I remember what it was like when this team was trash, and this team had nothing and no assets to work with, and had to make sure. I mean, Bob Witsit changed everything. He changed the way we we did everything because he wasn't afraid. They weren't afraid to spend money at that point. And they well, went dude, and, and
1: went. people were buying Bonzi Wells jerseys.
0: Man, Bonzi Wells because guess what? Off the bench, man, Bonzi Wells was as good a player in the NBA. He he, he was a starter that came off the bench. Like that whole team was phenomenal. But I remember the team before that, and I remember the team that was after that, after they had the playoff run against Dallas where it was really the coming out party for um, Zach Randolph, and you saw how good he was. But I remember that Jailblazer squad. I remember being cool with some of those Jailblazers and stuff like that, seeing them in in clubs and bars and all this stuff. It was a fun time to live in Portland, but to be a Blazer fan – that team sucked. So you mean to tell me I could have LeBron for two years, two hundred million, right. have a chance at the Western Conference Finals at minimum? You know, a chance to play in the Western Conference Finals, man. Absolutely, I'm doing that. I There's mean, not a chance. You're gonna listen. You're gonna lose Dame in two years anyway.
1: Like I'm talking about like after that, ten years of irrelevance. I I mean, like you're not even you're not even a punchline, so dude. So if
0: I if I can get a championship in those two years, when I take ten years of irrelevance? probably.
1: See, and that's the argument that Luke and I always have with the 76ers, right? That they've spent at least like the last 8 years of being completely irrelevant. After Andre Iguodala left, right? There was nothing redeeming about the 76ers. They were at least a punchline because people said they're so terrible it's hilarious. I remember I think at like the 8 or um at the 50 game point they had only won like 9 games or something and they were uh, mm-hmm. they were on a they were on a path to become the worst NBA team ever. That's what we knew them as. But You're basically saying you would do the reverse of the 76ers, get everything all up front uh, just to take the crap later. Because now the 76ers look like they even have a legitimate chance to go to the NBA
0: Finals. And it only took 10 years. So I'm all in with that part. Like you said, you get a guy like LeBron, pair with Dame and CJ and Nurkic, all of a sudden your team went from, oh, just a team that could be competing for the eighth seed in the West to you got LeBron James, you're probably going to be second, first or second in the Western Conference. Like, that's saying a whole, whole bunch. And so just to be able to say that, man, our team played in the NBA championship for the first time since 1992, yeah, I'm in.
1: The other thing I kind of wanted to talk to you about was the whole uh, Dame leaving thing, of course, was that Damian Lillard, you would agree, means a lot to this city.
0: I agree. Absolutely. He's a part of the culture now.
1: Okay. If Damian Lillard got – or he requested a trade, right – it came out that he gets traded to the Lakers and it was fully requested by him. He went to old Shane Allen and says, look, I can't do this anymore. You have to get rid of me. Otherwise, you know, I'm pulling a Kawhi here. I'm guaranteeing I'm leaving after my contract's done. You burn in his jersey? No,
0: no. You're not uh, going to feel any, any regret about it. You're not going to mm, feel any... Uh, absolutely not, because you know why? Because owners trade players whenever they feel like it. Man, with no warning. How many times have we seen on TV or something like that the player looked up and saw that they were traded or i found out on twitter i got traded like twitter twitter told me about me being traded Woj broke it before my team told me that's how that's the business of sports like they don't have to tell you anything but i call saying, your this angels is like and let you this know. is
1: like dame like saying no, it's, and, and so, like
0: holding us hostage and so for a guy like dame is not one of those dudes that's ever he's left it all on the floor for the most part he's done nothing but improve every single year and unfortunately his team has it like when remember a few years ago when the marcus and everyone the whole team was blown up and they left Man, the Blazers are supposed to be in the toilet, you know, for whatever reason. That's where they were supposed to go. For whatever reason, Damian Lillard has those dudes competing every year. They've never been anything less than like a fifth seed in the in the West. Since Dame has been there, like considering all the the juggernaut teams that are in the West, starting with the Warriors and everyone else. You got a dude that's averaging triple-double for the past couple years. You got a dude who should have been MVP through three of the last four seasons, but for whatever reason only got one of them in James Hart. Like, you have all these great dudes in the Western Conference, yet and still Dame is carrying in this little group of bad news bears all the way to the the playoffs for the past four seasons, or three seasons since the Marcus and company have been gone. Man, he's given the Blazers everything he has in these past seven years. Like, I would have no problem with him going out there and say, man, listen, I played seven years, three all, three four all-star games. I've done, you've done, he's done his part. He's well, done so, his part.
1: It's almost as if we've been living in a pretty good place as Blazer fans too, because I would agree with you. For the past five years, we've just been living in this infinite loop of we're not going to be that great. Like they've always really surpassed expectations every single season. Maybe not so much uh, two years ago when Nurk came on at the end uh, for those last twenty games. We just kind of expected we were going to lose to the Warriors, but every single time they've always and it's they've all, always
0: exceeded expectations, and it's all been on the back of of that guy. Now, mind you, CJ in that time has improved. He went from a good bench player to a great starter. You know, one of the top scoring backcourts in all of the NBA, and that's a lot of that is due to CJ McCollum. But make no mistake about it, man. And I was a guy that last year points was saying CJ is the best player on the team. That's what I was saying. It was at looking points like that. last year. Yeah. But or at least the best score. Make no mistake about it, man. This team goes as Damian Lillard goes. And then he like I said, he has that personality. All-Star game, he wore the suit with no shirt and the vest. <laughs> like he's that type of personality that you want to just kind of rally behind. And so if I'm a Blazer fan, a real Blazer fan, hey man, go do your thing, bro. Thank you. Cuz like if you look at Minnesota and what they did for Kevin Garnett, man, you giving your life to this this franchise, man. We just can't figure out how to build around you. To figure this out, man, we're gonna trade you so you can go do your own thing, dude. Hey, man, go do your own thing.
1: Awesome text on Better You Today text line. Hi, Paul. It's Dame. It's either me or Neil. What's your choice?
0: Uh, (laughs) Amen. Amen. And if you choose Neil O'Shea, then oh, the city is is, the city is getting pitchforks and torches and going to where you're at. Absolutely. And so I'm they will riot. I'm looking at Damian Lillard saying that you are you're just very deserving of that first team All NBA, which solidifies you as a top ten player. In uh, this league right now, uh, Portland has a top 10 guy. How about this? Put this into context. Portland has a first teamer, all NBA. That that's, hasn't happened since the, the 80s, the 90s. Clyde Drexler? Clyde Drexler was the last dude to be first team all NBA from that wore a Blazers jersey. And now you have one in Damian Lillard. You do everything you can to build around that man. And he's the only superstar right now that Phoenix got better. Houston got or seemingly got better. Obviously Golden State got boogie, so they got better. All the contenders around Denver got better. Like everybody got better but you and the one superstar. And then you look at LeBron and they always they've been sending a little weird like flirty subs back and forth to each other for years. Dame will say something about, man, he's the best player in the league. Who wouldn't want to go to the finals every year? You know, man, how could Who you not? Who wouldn't want to play Le- with him, yeah. LeBron is looking at Dame going, man, Damian Lillard's special. Like, I mean, Portland needs to understand. It's almost like, you know, two celebrities flirting through magazines saying, man, I would love to go on a date with him. And her going, man, gee, yeah, he's hot. I'd love to go on a date. with That's what they've been doing with each other for three years. So would it shock me if they got together? Heavens no. I think – and I, I would, I would tell Dame, you know what? You go be happy. I wish you the best, I guess.
1: I feel like that it would be an interesting matchup with both those guys or an interesting pair up with both those guys in LA is that you got Damian Lillard, who's a really ball dominant guard who for the most part has to facilitate the offense every single time he comes down the court, right? He is the guy. I kind of wonder what it would be like if he had to relent the offense to LeBron. I, I mean, their styles of play, I guess would work out right because a lot of people compare Damian Lillard's style of play to Kyrie Irving and say, well, if you know that seemed to work the first time, why wouldn't it work this time? But I don't know. I, I mean, LeBron's
0: shown I he knows mad. how to play with ball-dominant guys. Look yeah. at D. Wade. Look at you know, uh, Kevin Love, who's a 20, 2020 guy at points. So who knows, man? I think LeBron is a Swiss Army knife. He's going to make it happen if he needs to. Okay, coming up next, man, crystal balls. What You're are gonna, we going to predict? I don't know, man. We got we'll, Wimbledon. You've uh, been
1: watching Wimbledon, right? Sure. I watch it right now so I know
0: what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, but we're gonna do crystal balls when we come back here, right here on Center <laughs> the Same with You said you were a Wu-Tang fan, right? Indeed. Method Man. M-E-T H O D man. Method Man is awesome. Uh it's funny because if you're like a young kid, like say you're fifteen, you know, something like that, fourteen, you only know Method Man from stuff on TV. You yeah. know what I mean? Like Ice T. You only people only know him. As the guy from what is it, Law and Order, or what is he on now? Or CSI yeah, uh, or something CSI, like that. CSI, yep. So, does well, anybody you only remember know that? Ice Cube from kids' movies? Do you want to hear what's funny? So, what's funny about both those guys? So, like, Ice T made a song called "Cop Killer" in like '91 and got into a lot of trouble over it. But now he plays a cop in every and every week on TV. How about this? Ice Cube wrote a song called "F the Police." He has played a cop in every single movie, almost every movie he's had. For like the last
1: five years. Here's Kevin
0: Hart. He he and Kevin Hart, you know, played cops together. Uh he's played, you know, some some military guys. Like, you know, for him to be on the F the police thing, I mean, that just lets you know the the growth of people. And, you know, you can be someone totally different. Well in the also future. the fact of like, hey, oh yeah, you get a lot of money to uh act in movies. Yes. I'll be a I'll be a, a monk if you need me to, man. And I'll <laughs> act like I've been doing it for years and they'll pay me handsomely. So crystal the ball, man. What we got, bro? All right, you ready for this? Let's go.
1: Now, there was some interesting information that came out with a summer league game. I shouldn't say information. It was just something interesting that happened. Uh, The first overall pick, DeAndre Ayton, uh, going to the Suns, he played his first uh, summer league game, and it was mixed reviews. I'm
0: actually currently watching it now, as you say that. Oh, are you? Indeed.
1: Uh, So, hold on a second. I'm scrolling just a bit. So he had about a uh, 22 minutes of play and he was okay. But a lot of people commented on the fact that he wasn't extremely good on offense really just from the interior. It looked like he couldn't handle a lot of the strength of the height of other people. Cause you know, he was the tallest, most physical guy in college. Do you predict that uh, Deandre Ayton will really become the franchise guy in Phoenix no. or do you think maybe bust?
0: No, I don't think he'll be a bust, but I think the franchise guy in Phoenix uh, is Devin Booker. Um, I think Aiden can be a great compliment to him. He can be the other star, uh, but I think the the face of that franchise is Devin Booker. Whenever you can shoot like that, and I'll be honest, man, Devin Booker is an attractive kid. So that's someone that you kind of want to put on the face front of, of your, the franchise. Exactly, that literally the face of the franchise. So I definitely see Devin Booker being the guy still in Phoenix, but Aiden is definitely going to be. I, it would shock me if he were almost a, a Greg Oden knocking on wood with sands the injuries, a Greg Oden type talent. Cause let's not forget when go came to the league, he was impressive. Don't right? put
1: that type of, uh, I'm don't saying don't put that was, type of evil on that Phoenix.
0: talent, that talent is what he had, but um, hopefully he can stay away from the injuries and from everything we've seen, Aiden's been in shape and he's been in, you know, injury free. So another rookie who was uh, pretty interesting coming out of the draft was
1: Luka Doncic going to the Dallas Mavericks through trade, of course, with the Hawks and, um, Trey Young. We'll first start with Luka Doncic and his ability to really carry the Dallas Mavericks. Do you think he'll be somebody who is either one a franchise guy or two a piece of the franchise?
0: Ooh, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm gonna say he'll he'll be a. I think he'll be a franchise guy. Do you think, think he's th- somebody that they can really build around? I do. I do. I, I look at him and he's a kid that uh, he's the youngest EuroLeague MVP ever. Like, that's saying something. Considering some of the great players that have come from the Euros over the past 15 to 20 years, they've been guys that have had developed into NBA All-Stars and uh, cornerstones of franchise. And so for him to be the one and the youngest one at 19 says a whole lot. Man, he's long. He can run the floor. He can, you know, he's a pretty good mid-range jumper. So when he's in transition, he'll be good. Dallas is in a spot right now to where they're starting from the bottom. You know, Dirk Nowinski is a free agent, which I think he'll resign to Dallas and retire there. But they're look they're looking for uh, a new star, and who knows it, it might be this guy. So I, yeah, I think he's going to be a huge part of what Dallas does moving forward.
1: Well, it's kind of a weird setup with Dallas too. That now you have DeAndre Jordan, and um, you know it, it's this weird confluence of yeah, we have some established guys, but we also have Luka Doncic, and it seems like they're also in that kind of purgatory place where they're not sure what they are yet, and they're just kind of testing the waters, like. I- Phoenix knows who they are They've oh, yeah. blown everything up and now they have a couple pieces and they're going to see what happens. Like the 76ers know who they are. They did that for the past eight years. Now they've positioned themselves to actually be competitive against a team like the Celtics.
0: No. Yeah. I, I totally, I think having Deandre Jordan there, um, He's really going to kind of boost his assist numbers? I think without yeah. a guy because Jordan is a guy that has to be set up to score. Oh he's yeah, the guy. Yeah, he's not going to do a dribble drive and and spin move for that's not how it's going to happen. He's going to do it from rebounds, putbacks, and then he's going to do it from alley oops. You know, Chris Paul was really good at making him look good. Lou Williams last year was great at making um, him look good. So I think if he can figure out how to put the ball in the right places for DeAndre Jordan, he's going to average in his rookie year seven or eight assists.
1: And finally, I have to ask you. And you don't have to give me an answer. But do you think that Damian Lillard will make it into a Blazers uniform this next season? Yeah. Do you think he'll actually get traded? Do you think there'll be enough pressure on Dean Olshe that the Lakers will offer a large amount of not only players and picks? Like let's say let's say the deal ends up being Brandon Ingram, Kuzma, Hart, mm. and two first-round picks. Do you think that that's enough for Olshea to go? Yeah, we're not going anywhere. I'll take that.
0: Uh, yes, I think that's a good enough reason for anyone to trade, though to trade any player. You know, you got you get a guy like Kuzma, and you instantly got. A star, you know, in in the NBA. Again, you can't teach six foot eight. You can't teach that athletic. Uh, he can shoot. Like, he's really – he could be Paul George. You know, he could be – and, I mean – mean
1: he's so good that we all say he's good, but then he's not that good? Well,
0: I mean, I think he wasn't that good because he had to figure out how to play with Westbrook. And yeah. Westbrook is, a much like LeBron, can be a tough guy to learn how to play with because he wants to have the ball in his hands so much. You know, believe me, go ahead and ask Kevin Durant and Victor Oladipo. They're both all-stars without him. One of them is a champion. So – That just goes to show you how having a ball-dominant guy can help you. But Kuzma is somebody that can do it all, and if you can get a chance to mold him over the next few years with a coach like Stotts, amen.
1: Well, and it's a good uh, position for the Lakers to be in at least just to have the option of getting somebody like Damian Lillard and still have enough cap space that the next season you could even go after Kawhi Leonard, that you could still keep dropping these one-year contracts like Rajon Rondo or – uh, Lance Stevenson or you could just clear up money
0: I don't see why most dudes don't just take one year contracts I think I mean like a contractor or something like that man I'll go play with you for Some dudes aren't that good seven though, eight, eight you know? years or seven, seven eight months and then I'll go play with somebody else I think that's a great idea well, this music clearly means that we've come to the end of the show. Either that or there's an ice cream truck coming by. Oh, man, I I would like some chocolate, <laughs> man. That sounds awesome. Go get me a Choco Taco, man. Well, thank you so much for inviting me, Will. I hey, had a man, great you time, great. bro. Man, you're awesome, man. And thank you guys out there for rocking with me today. Uh, appreciate you for kind of interacting on the Better You Today text line 55305. You can make sure you get at me on Twitter at TaylorMade503. He's at WillDarkins33. I'll be on Sports Sunday tomorrow, 9-11, with the one and only mike lynch uh come rock with us then but for now man again thank you for having me man i had a great time i hope you guys enjoy your saturday peace love you you'll see it's all a show keep them laughing as you go
1: you're drunk